a calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Good morning, everybody. You are on Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. It is Tuesday, December 15th. And Luke, we are only 10 days from Christmas. 10 days from Christmas. And what's the magic number now? Oh, yeah. 36. 36 days to inauguration. Passed a, passed a big milestone yesterday. We did. We did. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we had a ton of, of news yesterday. Uh, but one of the we first did. topics, or actually headlines that we're going to discuss today, has to do with Dr. Jill Biden. That's right. Dr. Jill, Jill Biden. Biden. As, doctor. Um, Luke, know, did we say I, doctor? I believe we said doctor. Luke, did we say uh, doctor? Hold on. I'm sorry. I, my, my computer went to sleep there for a second. No worries. <laughs> no All worries. things fair and tech and that giant company that I get my internet from <laughs> another episode. Um, yes, we do say doctor and having attended college and then um, more so even uh, when I attended graduate school, it, I, you, I'm just, I'm thinking of all the amazing women who, uh, professors that I had that were EDDs or PhDs, and the thought of not referring to them as doctor is just absolutely asinine to me. I, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom not paying somebody that amount of respect who has, you know, done the work and you know deserves that that title. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You know, I got my bachelor's, then I pursued, I got an MBA and, Mm -hmm. you know, these educational institutions really market PhD programs as, you know, being able to claim the doctor title. And absolutely, you know, so I first read that article when the news broke Friday and then uh, Sunday morning, I believe uh, one of our classmates, Jeff Ramsey, Sunday morning posted 
you know, his opinion about the piece and mm. how it was horrific and the guy's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I went back and I reread the article and, you know, obviously the guy's a piece of shit, but what I don't get Luke is mm-hmm. it, the whole article. It's, it's very, I mean, he chastises Dr. Biden from the very first sentence of the article. It is and, so, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was just going to say it is so dripping in misogyny from the first line. He yes. calls her kiddo. Like yes. what in what world do you call a grown woman doctorate or not kiddo, especially a woman as distinguished as Dr. Jill Biden and you know the former second lady of the United States and the soon to be first lady of the United States. Who are you to call this woman kiddo? Uh, it, it, it's it, it just it, it reeks of the misogyny that is alive and well in the United States. And then more concerning is the uh, opinion editor of the Wall Street Journal came out in full favor of the of the article. And that that caused some backlash from some other journal reporters that work on the uh, news side. And, you know, she, this, this woman's name is Melissa Korn. She is a, a reporter um, for higher education. And, uh, you know, she, she had the standard reaction to the belittling article uh, likening her degree to an honorary doctorate is disgusting. And let's just be clear here. There are such things as honorary doctorates. Yep. Sometimes uh, universities honor their prestigious alumni with an honorary doctorate. That means they've done no work for that. They've written no dissertation. They've had to do no de- defense of their dissertation. They just were given an honorary doctorate just to say, hey, you know, we recognize you as a distinguished alumnus. Uh, that person going by doctor might, I might have a question or two about that. But somebody who, you know, went to a doctoral program, wrote her dissertation, defended said dissertation, uh, the, a dissertation which was, by the way, about a very important topic, which is retention of, of students in community colleges because the attrition rate is so high, a a very important topic, which was also disparaged in the article or in the opinion piece. Um, I would would say it's a far more important topic for the future of the United States than anything on, you know, a dead romance language, which I think he brought up Latin at some point, or I'm not, it just is such a disgusting article. But back to the major, the major issue is that it got published to begin with. Right. And what Ms. Korn said is there is a thick wall between news and opinion operations at the Wall Street Journal, but it still saddens me that they'd print it, which is the way that I felt about many op-eds over the years. Now, that being said, Bobby, it, 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 the Wall Street Journal is a rather conservative paper. Yes. Uh, it is owned by the Murdochs. Um, and their opinion section has skewed further and further to the right uh, over over the years. Um, and it's just really too bad. 
because it, it, as you just mentioned to me last night, it, it's a good, it's a good uh, source of information for other topics. Yeah. Yeah. Tech, tech, you know, to me, they do a phenomenal job um, at, at times when it comes to technology and, mm-hmm. but sitting here today talking about this article about Dr. Jill Biden, I'm sitting here with a fucking hot ball in my chest yeah, just 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 listening to the conversation and and thoughts here. Uh, let's kind of run down the rest of our topics, and then we'll yeah. dig back into to a doctor. I believe we said doctor, but it is Doctor Biden. Um, yes, it is. It is indeed <laughs> Doctor Biden. Sorry, I, I launched right into that because I did. I also, yeah. I mean, I've had a hot ball. Dude, I am. I'm sitting here with a hot ball, the- just fuming. I, I mean, I just, uh, just the, just the blatant disrespect. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the uh, the next topic, uh, breaking up Facebook. Obviously, people now know that Facebook is facing two lawsuits uh, from the federal government, the FTC, and several state attorney generals. I've got my opinions. I've got, you know, kind of my take on the whole situation. And at the end of the day, it's not going to be as easy as simply pinning off or selling Instagram and WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, I have gonna, questions. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, big news yesterday, Luke. Electoral College finally affirmed Joe Biden president elect. Yes. It wasn't even close, I believe. No, uh, right? no. I think a I believe, certain. Yeah, I believe the electo- uh, the uh, map that had the results was 307 and the votes uh-huh. yesterday was 306. Yeah. What did Donald Trump call that same vote count uh, last uh, four years ago? A landslide. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's he did right. call it that. Right. Okay. Uh, we're also going to be discussing COVID. We're going to have some updates. Uh, you know, and getting now into the thick of, of you know, the dark winter, obviously, uh, there's millions of people that are having a hard time putting food on the table. Yeah. And we're going to get into that. Obviously, the announcement uh, with uh, the uh, vaccine, was that yesterday or this morning about Moderna? I think it was this morning. Okay. It was widely speculated in the news cycle yesterday evening that it was going to get it. But yeah, I think it was official this morning. Gotcha. And then we're going to end the pod, which is episode 11 on Luke's high note. So let's get into it. Let's go. What's going on, man? Bunch of half bits in office. Half of us walking around like a zombie apocalypse. Other half of us pissed off and don't want to wear a mask and they're just scoffing. And that's how you end up catching the shit off them. I just use the same basket as you shopping. Now I'm in a fucking casket from you coughing. Always stay ahead of haters. Let them hate, but never let a traitor penetrate your circle. Separate yourself from those who try to pull you down. The real ones never stray. It's sort of like Medusa. That's how you stay ahead of snakes. MCs pull out gats. I don't give a fuck how strapped. You're gonna outwrap me. I doubt that. Please, bitch, I'm a house rat. These raps about that cheese like mouse traps. Okay, Luke. So to continue nice. on the discussion with well, well, hold, Dr. Hold Biden. on a hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before we before we get too far further in, I want to take a moment to uh, 
say something about something that I, I, I just saw on Facebook here. Now, I, I have known you and your wife for many, many, many years, as discussed. Uh, I did not know this, though. Uh, you guys started dating our, uh, se- our senior year, if the math is correct. Correct. And, uh, 25 years ago today. Amazing. Congratulations, my friend. I, I just it. think that's fantastic. And what's even more fantastic is Amber's post about the trip <laughs> to Blockbuster Music and uh, 311. Yes. <laughs> and then the movie uh, Father of the Bride, the Bride. Part Two. Part I Two. Yep. What a what a truly 90s date. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. You guys are a great couple, and I give you my heartfelt congratulations on Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And the story goes, so we had that date planned, and we went from drove from Seward to Lincoln, and the mm-hmm. first stop was Blockbuster Music to pick up that brand new 311 CD out of Omaha, Nebraska. Hell yeah. And yeah. we go in, uh, we're... You know, they had previews, right, where you could sit there and listen to it and preview the disc. And we did that for a little bit and then paid for it and then go back out to my car and, you know, understand I had spent thousands on this massive car stereo system um, (laughs) over several months. And we get out there and the car's dead. And, you know, I had multiple batteries. I had everything, you know, everything was solid, but there was a short and all the batteries were dead and understanding obviously there is no blockbuster music today well even back in the day there wasn't very many people that went to that store and so we had to actually wait for somebody to show up that had jumper cables <laughs> oh jeez so that's an a, auspicious you know, beginning yes, i love it yes and when, you know 25 years later you know like i i posted a response is you know, we've had a ton of support from family and friends over the years, but now we're raising a family. We're doing what we love to do, and I wouldn't uh, have it any other way. Well, that is fantastic. And I, again, uh, it just speaks to the staying uh, staying power of, uh, of of you and Amber and um, that. Now, now, let me guess. Let's see. You, you started dating senior year, probably went to uh, high, uh, college first, get that done, uh, you know, as responsible folks do. And then what, got married right out of college? No, no. <laughs> so really? I, was, I started working retail. So I spent 20 years running big, bo- uh, big box retail stores. And so my path was at the time, Retail didn't really care if you what degree you had, right? You basically put mm-hmm. in your time, regardless of who the brand was. You worked your yep. way up, and you got to run your own store, and then your own district, and then your own region. And so that was kind of what I did: is just worked retail. And over, you know, putting the kind of the career first, it was uh, nine and a half years from when we started dating that Amber and I actually got married, not because she didn't want to, but because I, in this, you know, for nine and a half years, didn't want to. So, gotcha. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Give, give that lady something special. She deserves Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> She's been very patient. Uh, She's a- kept me grounded. Saint. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amber Setsman, I love you with all my heart. All right. Well, congratulations one more time. Now, 
I wanted to kind of make things happy to start off with because we're going to go down some pretty dark roads today. And that one, you know, the first one on the list being the one that uh, I uh, jumped, jumped the shark on the intro and couldn't even wait for the music until I went tearing into it because I just, again, think of all of the amazing women who I came across in, in working in education and being uh, pursuing degrees and whatnot. And it, it just boggles my mind that somebody could write such a piece of trash, but then that a publication of record would then post it and then double down and defend it with the Paul, uh, Gigo, Gigo, Paul Gigo. I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, but I don't really care because he's such a jerk. The opinion editor uh, wrote an opinion commentary the next day entitled The Biden Team Strikes Back and saying that uh, basically comparing uh, Biden's team's reaction to it as Trumpian and basically saying, oh, here we go, another president that's going to disparage the press. No, Paul G, he's not disparaging the press. He's disparaging the trash that you published and then defended because it is one of the most sexist things I have ever read in my life. Full stop. Right. Right. And he didn't just trash one person. He trashed an entire gender. Yes, correct. Correct. And that that is what is so breathtaking. You know, after after Hillary lost in 2016, you know, it was a it was a gut punch enough, but it was a bigger gut punch to read in her her book um, as it dawned upon her uh, the the night of the loss that she was going to lose. And uh, she was giving a hug to her, um, you know, her, her, her top uh, Lieutenant Uma Albedin. And, you know, she, you know, Uma was so, you know, crying and just so upset about it. Like, how could this be? How could this happen? And Hillary just in true Hillary fashion said, I, I just knew it. I knew it. They were never, going to let me be president and wrapped up in that I think wrapped up in that statement is the the frustration of so many women who have been held back just shy of reaching that top post uh, for no reason other than their gender and right. not just you know obviously in politics but in you know in the corporate world as well um, and it's getting better, obviously. You know, there are there are women CEOs of Fortune 500 companies working in retail. Bobby, I'm sure you came across many uh, women in leadership, but just Absolutely. the way the 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 way that this this pompous jackass thinks that it's okay to to refer to her as as kiddo, you know, like I mean what. What are we saying to the young men and boys out there in the world, you know, when when they hear about this kind of, I mean, it's just, I mean, you have a 13 year old boy, Bobby, like yep. what kind of example does this set for him and, and how he should respect w women? 
Well, you know, it's 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 it still blows my mind, right? You know, t- you know, just listening to the uh, conversation here, you know, I was thinking back to you know the last election, twenty sixteen, and mm-hmm. once Florida popped for for Trump, right? That's where mm-hmm. everybody kind of got hit in the gut, hit in the nuts. Yep. And yep. later that night, right, Corey Lewandowski and all the Trump heads were on all the media outlets basically calling for Hillary's head because she did not concede that night. Right. Right. Less than yep. 24 hours later is yep. when she conceded with, you know, yep. with dignity. You know, she understood yep. she lost. And then we look at what this administration, along with Congress, has done these last weeks. And it, you know, that just blows my mind. Now, back to Dr. Biden in this article, you know, women have had to fight, right, for for everything that us as white people, us as men, you know, have taken for granted for years, you know. Now, these last few years, you know, Fortune 500 companies, we've got females running some of the biggest companies globally. And, Mm. you know, now we're saying that women just, you know, just women, not, you know, specific women or minority women. It's basically all women. If Mm -hmm. if you have got a PhD and have not delivered a baby, right? That was specified in that article. If you've not delivered a baby or, you know, have an MD behind your name, you are not Mm -hmm. considered a doctor yet. Not once, not once did they cross over and say the, you know, males are in the same boat. That was never specified. That was never discussed. And so what this guy has against women, I don't know if, you know, he's had bad relationships. Uh, You know, he hasn't been teaching at uh, Northwestern for a couple decades now, but I know Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Biden did go to Northwestern. So, you know, there's really some deep personal shit here that I would really like to uh, get to the bottom of, Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if Epstein pursued a PhD and failed or, or what's going on here, but he's got a, a personal vendetta against women with PhDs. And it makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. And you, you know, if you do dive in deeper and look at some of his past writings, he does not have any problem uh, referring to men who have PhDs as as doctor, um, Doctor Kissinger uh, being the one of note right. that I I, I you, know, you know Dr. King. I mean, you know, he, would a yeah, person yeah, uh, you, you know, know that stature should we you know wipe doctor away from his name? Absolutely not. Right, right, right. And so that just it just goes to show that this person, this this Epstein, you know, again, right to exactly what you said, he has no problem bestowing that 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 well-earned and deserved title of doctor on men but he sure does seem to have a, a big problem with it when it comes to women and, and you know this one is particularly offensive because it is in education 
It is an ed D. It is a doctorate of education. You know, right. these, these are the, the women uh, and men who lead our educational systems. And they work hard for that degree. Most of them, if not all of them, also work and teach during while they're pursuing their degree. Uh, in, in Dr. Jill Biden's case, she was also raising a family during, uh, during this time, you know, while she was, uh, well, more so while she was um, getting, uh, getting her two, not one, but two master's degrees. Right. Uh, she did not get her doctorate until her 50s. Um, because of the fact that she had all these other things going on and not, not, not to mention also being the wife of a U.S. senator, right. you know, and, right. and, and playing that role. So to disparage this woman is beyond the pale. Shame on you, Wall Street Journal. Um, you really, you really messed up with this one. And uh, I, I just, I shudder to think that that's what we have to store with the incoming first uh, female uh, uh, vice president of the United States who happens to be a woman of color. Uh, I hope this is not uh, indicative of, of the shit that we're gonna have to deal with from these monsters for uh, the, you know, for the next few years. It's right, right. Just terrible, 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 terrible. <sighs> so Bobby, that said, um, I, I to the topic that we were originally going to start with, but I just, both of us were just so offended for that, by that having such a deep respect uh, of the women in our lives and women in leadership positions, we had to, to had to recognize that. Um, but yeah, the big, big news, there's been a lot of news this week indeed, but the huge news is the, uh, these lawsuits are these lawsuits against, face, uh, against Facebook. And and the, you know, the FEC is looking to break them up. But my, my reference to this, not that I, you know, this is just the way that I, I've always heard it referred to is back in the day when they broke up Mob L that ran the telephone systems across the United States. Right. Uh, this is not that. This no. is what I'm getting. So can, no. you, can you talk to us about like, what are these lawsuits? What are they, you know, implying here? And where do we go from here? <laughs> Well, you know, I've spent a lot of time reading various articles, different takes, perspectives, legal perspectives, moral perspectives, character perspectives. And at the end of the day, you know, like you said, you know, Ma Bell, um, you know, we're in a digital world today and, you know, FTC. So, you know, take it back several years. You know, after the FTC and government regulators okayed the acquisition, you know, Facebook has purchased a lot of companies, you know, yeah. uh, one of the biggest ones, you know, WhatsApp, you know, multi-billion dollar acquisition, Instagram, multi-billion dollar acquisition. And so, you know, these regulators allowed those acquisitions to happen and they were all for it. Right, but, right. I think that's important to note that these 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 acquisitions were all rubber stamped by the government prior yes. to them going through. But right. now here is here's where the waters get really, really bloody. Right. The actions. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. data is the king of of all platforms. 
the data they right. collect helps generate, you know, billions of dollars of revenue, targeted marketing. And I believe it's been the actions of Facebook these last three or four years that have really got everybody kind of doing a complete 180. You know, initially it was like, okay, cool. Facebook is buying Instagram. And then Facebook comes and says, well, we're going to basically allow Instagram to do its own thing, be its own thing. And then they, you know, purchase WhatsApp and, uh, you know, a lot of other companies. But, you know, since its inception, Mark Zuckerberg has wanted to do and be everything to everybody, right? Right. You know, right. the days of starting on college campuses when it first launched compared to where we're at today when the data Facebook is providing companies are swaying elections, uh, putting out misinformation, uh, boosting conspiracy theories. And, you know, so at the end of the day, Facebook for all intents and purposes is a massive multimedia company. Now, Mm -hmm. when we log into Facebook, it's got this beautiful interface and everything's integrated, you know, and everything works, you know, pretty much seamlessly because of API integration. So when we say APIs, an easy way to explain is it's basically a door into another application. So when you log into Facebook and you click uh, your news feed, it's basically its own app. And then you go to the marketplace and it's another app. So basically the UI of Facebook is built on hundreds, if not thousands of standalone applications that are all collecting different data points. So, Mm. you know, for the FTC to come in and say, Hey, we're going to, you know, just require Facebook to, to spin off Instagram. Well, Facebook you know, because of the way it's, it's, it's really updated and upgraded their coding being app based, they could easily spin, you know, Instagram right into the platform. And now all of a sudden that lawsuit goes away. Cause then it's like, well, there is no more Instagram. Right. Right. And they could integrate WhatsApp. And then all of a sudden there is no more WhatsApp. It's going to be uh, Facebook messages. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's not going to be easy, an easy task for these uh, government agencies just to come in and say, hey, the easy solution here is because Facebook has so much power, you know, and it's, and it's not because of one app that makes fo- Facebook so, so powerful. It's their user base, billions a day. It's the FaceTime, it's the targeted marketing, and it's everything that Facebook provides for the end consumer and businesses around the world. And so the FTC coming in saying, hey, we're just going to make him sell that. Okay, so what if they integrate? And they just, you know, within a matter of a week or two, it's fully integrated. There is no Instagram, there is no WhatsApp. Then, you know, they got to, they have to really be smart of how they go after a company like Facebook or, you know, rumors are Google's in the pipeline, Microsoft's coming after that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome to see from a tech perspective, the seamless integration. When you log into uh, your Google apps, you can access Mm -hmm. mail, you can access drive, 
or you log into Office 365 and you're in your calendar, you can, you know, schedule this or pull in another app, all because of these, these API integrations. So now that the government thinks all these companies have too much power, you know, because they're basically tabulating petabytes of data every day on everybody, it's, it's going to be hard now. If they would have done this 10 years ago, before all these, app, uh, these platforms were basically app-based, um, yeah, it would be a lot easier for the FTC to go after the Facebook. And because one platform was not integrated into the other. You know, you log in to say your Facebook business account. Now, all of a sudden, you can actually integrate into um, Instagram and be posting on both locations at, at the same time. So right. it's, it's, it's going to be, I think, very hard, depending on how Mark Zuckerberg and the legal team kind of push back on this. Their actions, I think, you know, I think these government agencies and all state attorney generals need to be, you know, change, be able to change the legal documents based on the reactions from Facebook. Cause I, I anticipate to kind of combat all, all these problems that Facebook simply integrates and all of a sudden it's just one company. Well, so here, see, and that, that's what leads me to this question is that typically in an antitrust suit, um, the reason why they're brought is because that there is a uh, egregious harm done to the consumer. Right. Um, but I, okay, so Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp. I still have them. I can still use them. Um, right. What harm is being done to me, the consumer, just because Facebook owns these other apps as well? I, I well, don't, that, well, that's kind of you know, the back end has to do with data control. What Facebook uh -huh. is, is doing with the data, who they're selling it to, and the fact that the government doesn't have access to it, right? That mm. that's the big, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the data people don't mm. like, and I don't like the way, you know, Facebook is, is, you know, targeting, uh, collecting all this user data, you know, against their knowledge. Right. So when Cambridge, when that special or that, that documentary came out mm. a few years ago on Netflix about Cambridge Analytica. That should have yeah. been, I mean, I've known that shit for years, right? But sure. the vast yeah. majority of the population was like, wait a second. When, when I activate my phone, I'm basically in exchange for using this, this beautiful iPhone or Pixel 5. I'm basically mm -hmm. signing off on Google and, and Apple collecting all this data on me and these apps I use, whether it's a weather app or it's Google Maps. Yes, that's exactly what the terms of service said. When you log into Facebook and you activate that account, you're not, you don't own that, that content anymore. It is now the ownership of I Facebook. See. Now to combat earlier lawsuits, Facebook now allows the user to download their data, but it's really only a fraction of what, of, of what Facebook's actually, you know, collecting. So, you know, these last really 10 years, we've, we've been giving all these companies permission to use our data, collect our data, really sell our data to the highest bidder in exchange for that smartphone experience. I see. And I do miss my uh, MySpace page. 
greatly. It had a great soundtrack. Anything? Right. No? Right. But there's so many moving <laughs> parts to this, right? So, so, you know, when someone logs into Facebook on their phone or laptop, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the front end. That's the user experience that everybody's used to. Right. But on the back end, there's so many moving pieces in order to make, you know, th- that experience what it is. And mm-hmm. I don't think Facebook is alone in this. I think the FTC and, and government companies, you know, and, and I say this as a, a telecom, you know, we sell a ton of telecom, you know, circuits and hosted voice and all kinds of services across the United States. But without the internet, there is no Facebook. There is right. no Microsoft Office 365. There is no Instagram. Right. And so on the back end, when you think of the, the internet, there's layer three, which is where most people sit. When you log into Facebook, you're on a layer three. Then there's layer two, which is basically a direct path from the data center to the end device. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the ISPs, right? So example, Facebook pays ISPs billions a year to have priority on their networks, right? So Just to be clear for everyone, an ISP is an internet service, internet service provider. provider. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so if you're in, say you're in uh, Miami, Florida, and you mm-hmm. load, you know, some app up, and it's, you know, maybe pulling from a data center here in Denver, Colorado. In order to get to your device, it's got to hop. It's, it's called hops. It's got to hop across various networks, thousands of miles from the data center to your phone. Well, what Facebook and other companies do is they go to all the ISPs. So maybe let's say there's five ISPs in in between your smartphone in the data center. It's going to pay Comcast. It's going to pay Spectrum. It's going to pay whoever to have priority so that the packets the individual files leaving the data center to your phone happens almost instantaneously with the least amount of, of latency as possible. So, hmm. and then, you know, the reason why, you know, Facebook, uh, Google, Google, for example, Google yeah. pays Samsung billions of dollars every year to have that Chrome icon on every smartphone that's activated, you know, from Samsung. And it's because they, you know, they want to capture, again, it's a day to play. So, you know, Facebook is kind of where they're starting because of their behavior. You know, I don't think if, you know, if Mark Zuckerberg would have been doing more, if Facebook would have been doing more, um, you know, with conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, these last four years, I don't think Facebook would be the primary target. Um, but so, because of Zuckerberg's actions and, and, and Facebook's actions, you know, allowing all these groups and QAnon, I mean, last I read, there was right. 250,000 QAnon pages on Facebook. And, you know, Zuckerberg basically allowing that stuff to happen. And then on top of it, allowing, you know, people to pay 
to boost all these all these ads has really got everybody's attention from Elizabeth Warren to now basically 48 uh, attorneys general. Yeah. Well, I have a, okay, here's another question when it comes to this, um, you know, other classic reasons uh, for antitrust suits are it removes competition from the marketplace and therefore uh, drives up, artificially drives up pricing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Named in the suit (laughs) is the durability of Facebook's monopoly that was uh, clarified when it managed to smother Google Plus, which was thought to emerge as a major competitor. Right. Are you telling me that they're trying to tell me that Google really suffered that much financially because Google Plus never got off ground? Well, if you look at all the resources Google spent over those years from when it launched to when it closed, it was uh-huh. it was billions of dollars that they plugged into that. And sure, but it's, we're talking Google here. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're, right. They're, but, you know, it's just like, um, you know, other apps. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what's the one where, you know, the lenses? Um, Snapchat. Snapchat. You know, yeah. yeah. Snapchat and, and Google have been fighting now for, you know, for years because every new feature Snapchat comes out with, there's a similar feature that, Facebook basically copies right and yeah, because yeah. of, you know, pending, um, you know, registration and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, Snapchat has been a target for Facebook for, for a very long time. And then, you know, they were at war with Instagram initially. And then Mark mm-hmm. said, well, we can't beat them. Um, let's buy just them. buy them. And yeah. that's kind of what they've kind of done And, you know, same with marketing companies, right? I mean, they've bought up a slew of marketing companies that were competitors, and now they've kind of integrated all their sweet technology, which made them really cool into basically, you know, basically what's a, a, you know, autonomous or automated marketing engine for Mm -hmm. Facebook. Mm -hmm. You know, Facebook doesn't, you know, and that's just where Article 230 comes in. You know, Mm we could be... Uh, members of QAnon, Luke, and we could have the most vile shit that we're going to post and we're going to pay, hey, you know, for 30 bucks, instead of just, you know, reaching a thousand people for $30, it can reach 30,000 people. And then for another 30 bucks, we can get you to 120,000 people. And it's, you know, a simple few clicks, you're, you know, you pay for it and it's, it's there, it's posted. And it's in people's feeds of 120,000 people for $60. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it it is. So Article 230 is, you know, I don't think breaking up or, you know, making Facebook sell Instagram or selling WhatsApp, you know, at the end of the day, the platform as a whole, not just a piece, but as a whole need to be held accountable for what's being posted on their platforms from their users. Right. Correct. Because right now it's Mark Zuckerberg. He's completely hands off and he's hands off because he doesn't give a shit. And why doesn't he give a shit? Because he's making billions (laughs) in his position. And 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 now the FTC needs to start, you know, they need to change and take away the the protection of 230 and say Mm -hmm. starting X date. 
Facebook is going to be held accountable for all the shit that's posted on your platform, period. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I, I guess it's more of the, right, it's the, what's, what the fuck is happening with our data and what in the hell can Facebook do to control some of this really disgusting hate speech? I'll just call it what it is. You know, right. there's no, uh, you know, there's no turning it around. Uh, you know, that said, it's a pretty good segue into our next segment. And we'll continue to, to report on this um, as, as the case develops. And as uh, Bobby said, you know, Facebook is surely the first you're speaking of the the big G Google, um, you know, things things may be happening there, but uh, yeah, misinformation and a solid what is it? Sixty percent of Republicans still believing that Joe Biden did not win the election fair and square. Okay, right. Um, some of them are now conceding yes that you know he he won. Okay, so right, let me back up. Yesterday, the electoral college met. We'll we'll talk about some details on that. He did, uh, as we said in the intro, you know, get well past the two seventy. But uh, so many uh, members of the right still believe that it was because of uh, whether it be fraudulent ballots or dead people voting or whatever the case may be. And the vast majority of that is thanks to misinformation that's been spread on the Internet. Would I be right in saying that? Absolutely. And if you go to I have, I'm on Donald Trump's Twitter feed as we speak and oh. three hours ago, <laughs> he tweets Tremendous evidence pouring in on voter fraud. There has never been anything like this in our country. And, you know, Twitter, you know, thank, thank the Lord. They're actually doing something about his misinformation. They've uh, tagged it. This claim about election fraud is disputed. So even just three hours ago, let alone yesterday, going through the whole process of all 50 states providing their votes today mm -hmm. trump is still stating that not only is there voter fraud but that there's evidence even though the 56 lawsuits they filed there hasn't been a shred of evidence in court i was gonna say we have we have we have talked about their evidence on the pod already so i won't waste too much breath around it but uh their evidence is nothing more than binders full of blank pieces of paper essentially props right uh you know uh <laughs> used in court uh that's why they had to say in court uh no your honor there this is not a fraud case uh, because even their lawyers uh, did not want to run crosswise of the bar and lie in open court. So, you know, if you can't prove it in court, what is it now? 41 to one? What, where are we at? Uh, cases, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, 41 yeah. to uh, one. And there's like another, there's still 14 pending. And I guess the plan is they're going to be putting or filing more uh lawsuits and so you know I one mean, win so just far. the the and, and like you like you said uh i can't emphasize this enough hillary clinton was just dragged through the coals for not conceding on election night absolutely here we are 36 days until inauguration and <sighs> 
here we are, you know, them still not uh, accepting the fact that Joe Biden is president. And I, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think that uh, Donald Trump will ever concede. I don't think right. it's in his, I don't think it's in his ability uh, as a human being, as a truly broken human being to admit that he has been defeated fair and square no dead people voting, no millions of ballots dumped, whatever right. his nonsense has been. Uh, you know, he, he has lost, he has lost. And Joe Biden will become president with a not insignificant number of Americans believing that he is an illegitimate president. Right. Um, that was, that was, fo that was uh, on, big display on wide display over the weekend as there were, um, you know, they, they like to call uh, our uh, protests for racial justice uh, riots. So I'll call these things what they were riots. Uh, they, they were mass uh, gatherings of uh, wonderful Trump allies, such as his favorite, the Proud Boys. Uh, there was one instance in the state of Washington where I think nearly a dozen people uh, were stabbed. Right. Uh, there was another case where a, a left si uh, counter uh, demonstrator was actually shot. And then, yes, you know, typically when the electoral college meets, nobody even knows that it's happening, right? It's just this thing that part of the wheels of our government that just happens and uh, you know we, we move on with our lives. Yesterday, states had to spend a significant amount of time and resources actually, um, actually defending, you know, putting uh, police officers and whatnot uh, posted uh, at the locations where the electoral college was uh, being held in each individual state because of, co uh, or excuse me, um, the electoral college. Remember, we do not have a national election. We have elections across hundreds of counties in it that ultimately end in 50 states in Washington, D.C., seating their electors, typically in their state capitol buildings, to, you know, give their uh, votes to uh, the, the, the victor of their um, state uh, general election. Now, if you get into the weeds of the Constitution, that is not a guarantee. States are actually allowed in this wonderful system that our founding fathers set up, states are actually allowed to decide on their own how their electoral college votes will be dispersed. That's why we mentioned, <coughs> excuse me, on the last episode that uh, like for instance, Nebraska and Maine, you know, divvy up their uh, electoral votes uh, based on the congressional districts. Most states are winner take all. In a dystopian future, a right wing or I'll play it left wing, some far radical uh, state legislature could vote to change the rules if they have a governor to go along with it and sign it. And basically they could say that we're going to we're going to give our electors to whoever we think, whoever the majority of our uh, state legislators think best represents uh, the needs of the country or will best serve the needs of the country.
Like right. there's We're nothing scared guaranteed. The shit out of me. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that is what we need to. So when people are saying abolish the electoral college, please understand. I know a lot of people that live in smaller states get really pissed off around that because then because they say, well, then California and New York will be picking our president every four years. No. California and New York won't be doing anything if we go to a general election system. It's just simply the 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 whoever gets the most votes wins. Right. And it doesn't matter if you live in in Nebraska or in California, your one vote still counts for one vote. And it would eliminate this piece of it, this uncertainty that states are going to, you know, thank God. This time around, states did the right thing. You know, Republican uh, legislatures did the right thing. Republican governors, um, you know, and, and attorney, attorneys general did the right thing and, you know, let the will of the people be heard. But that is not a guarantee. And so when people say abolish the electoral system, please know that it's not about, you know, me and my buddies here in Los Angeles picking your president for you. It's just simply taking the power out of what could be radical uh, politicians that could divert democracy, really. There's no other way to put it. And so quite I, I easily. Yeah. I mean, all these states that gave their votes to Biden yesterday could have easily gone yes. against the will of the people and yes. voted all for Trump. Yes. And there's nothing we could do about it. it. It is by the grace of God that just a handful, and I'm saying a handful of Republican politicians in a handful of states. I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> looking at looking at you, Georgia, um, <laughs> did the right thing. They did the right thing. You know, they, they, they said, this is my job. I'm gonna respect the will of the people. I'm unhappy my guy didn't win, but this is the way American democracy works. Right. And by the grace of God, that handful, that guys, you can, I can, you can count it on less than all of your 10 fingers. The number of people that if they had done the unspeakable, but possible, we could be in a very different situation right now. So. Right. Think about it. When people say abolish the electoral college, think about it. It's not just, yeah, like I said, a, you know, me and my buddies here in LA don't want to pick your president. We want everybody to have one right. vote, one vote, one voice. And then speaking of Georgia, Luke, um, I'm very, very, very happy to see that the number of people standing in line yesterday to vote for the runoffs. Yes. Uh, record numbers, mail-in ballots have been requested in record numbers, regardless yep. of the ad spend in Georgia, you know, cause last article I read that Republicans are spending a little more than the Democrats, obviously based on the turnout, just, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, it looks very good for, for the Democrats. So we'll see how that continues to play out. But yeah. people in are turning meantime, out in record numbers. Uh, they're going to be voting in record numbers, uh, which is awesome to see, especially for a runoff. Yeah. In the meantime, Republicans in the Georgia State House uh, are still trying to jam through uh, new ordinances that would disenfranchise voters. Yep. Uh, in certain uh, precincts, they have cut the number of polling places uh, in half, if not more than that, 
They've severely uh, kneecapped early voting, hence why you saw those lines. And why are they doing that, folks? Because of surveys like this that came out a few days ago, and uh, a new survey uh, conducted by The Hill, let's see here, sh sh shares that 90% of black women voters in Georgia stay, say that they will vote in the runoff and they will vote and they will vote blue in the runoff. So that's why let's 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 call it what it is here. Okay? This is mostly Caucasian male politicians trying to disenfranchise mostly uh, people of color uh, and a large percentage of them, you know, black women which we know uh, you know any success in the Democratic Party is always partially thanks to the support and vote of, of black women voters. So Absolutely. it's, it's, it's still, it's guys, it's going to be, you know, looking at the four candidates and looking at what Warnock and Ossoff bring to the table versus Loeffler and Purdue, a thinking, a thinking person would say that this shouldn't even be close, but it will be razor thin because of Mitch McConnell and his super PAC and all of his corporate overlords. We've talked about it before. I won't bore you with it again, but his corporate <laughs> overlords are paying for the, you know, are paying for all of this uh, versus the Democrats who are largely being funded by grassroots uh, donations, five bucks here, 10 bucks there from people just like you and me. Um, and let it let me be very clear that if Loeffler and Purdue win this election, they will be bought and sold by those corporations. They will have not that they would do anything different anyway, but they will be nothing more than a rubber stamp on whatever Mitch McConnell wants to do. And that will be, I guarantee you, to um, block anything that we try and get done that uh, Joe Biden tries to get done. So that in 2020, or excuse me, 2022, Mitch McConnell and his smug face can walk up to the cameras and say, well, look at Joe Biden, hasn't gotten anything done over the past two years. You're gonna have to vote for Republicans and it's a run to get more seats in the Senate and to take back the House. Right. So let's go. If you have time, if you have money, please donate. If you have time, you can still go to votesaveamerica.com. That's votesaveamerica.com and sign up for shifts. You can text bank, you can phone bank. There's lots that you can still do to help uh, us carry those seats in Georgia and help uh, Joe Biden get a get a, a good start to his presidency. Absolutely. Because we're going to need it. There's so much shit we got to fix. I mean, there's so much shit. And, and, and starting with, I mean, let's let's jump right into, you know, COVID. Guys, we part of this. OK, we keep talking about these relief packages. And by the way, the bipartisan uh, relief package um, that takes a little bit of what the Dems wanted and a little bit of the Republicans wanted, it's a true compromise. No one's 100% happy, but it will get some money out there, much needed money to individuals and much needed money to municipalities, okay? So I don't know. ER, or excuse, not ER, uh, 911 services and teachers can continue being paid. That'd be good, right? Yep. Um, this is all being held up because of one person and one person only, and that is Mitch McConnell. 
Yes. Because Mitch McConnell decides what comes to the floor for a vote in the Senate. It's already passed in the House, and McConnell knows that because every Democrat and a handful of Republicans will vote for it, it will pass in the, the Senate. He will not do it. Why? Because he is shielding uh, people like Ted Cruz and gutless, spineless Marco, little Marco Rubio, who... Um, cannot vote for it because their corporate overlords would not be happy about it. Right. So, right. It's about liability, right? I mean, all these states, yeah, yeah, these GOP states are not following or implementing the guidelines. There is no mask mandate. It's still in 12 states across the United States. And so what Mitch McConnell wants is understanding and knowing that his states are not doing what's right. Cases are spiking hospitalizations are through the roof, deaths are spiking all over this country. He Mm -hmm. wants money set aside for liability purposes so that the companies, if they get sued, are getting basically help from the government to pay for the fines, which is just asinine to me. Yeah, it is. It is. It is just it's, it's breathtaking that we have so much hurt going on in this country right now. There was just an article in the New York Times about the uptick in shoplifting and petty theft of essential items. We're talking food, we're talking sanitary items, um, you know, we're talking medical, like Band-Aids and things like that. People are being forced as the aid runs out as the aid runs out, people are being forced to make a decision. Either I commit this petty crime or maybe my kid doesn't eat tonight or kids don't eat tonight. Right. And all of that, all of that could be, could at least be made a bit better if we just got this bill passed. Well, and, and, and the condescending tone from, from Mitch McConnell about, he understands there's a percentage of people that are hurting and it's Mm -hmm. millions, millions of people are hurting. Millions of families are hurting. Businesses are hurting. So, you know, and, and he gets in front of the mic, you know, in front of the press and makes it sound like it's a very, very, very small percentage of the population. He's from Kentucky. Sorry, no offense to any Kentuckians out there, but Kentucky ain't California, okay? Kentucky could use the help. I mean, my God, like what in the hell? How is he representing the best, uh, the, 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 the best interests of his constituents? How are any of these Republicans uh, that are blocking this representing the best uh, for their constituents? It, right. it, it, is, it is breathtaking. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'll throw you guys under the table too, senators from Nebraska. You know, you're, you're right there too. Okay. You're hurting your constituents and they just seem to be so lackadaisical about it because it's what they, they, it's what Mitch McConnell wants. It's what his, uh, the, how, how the money keeps coming into the super PAC. It's how their reelections will be funded, etc. Meanwhile, we do have a vaccine rolling out and guess what guys, part of the funding in this bill is vaccine distribution. Yes. That shit don't happen for free. You right. got to pay for it, whether it's the military that moves it or our FedEx, you got to pay for it to be moved. And the funding for the bulk of the distribution is in this bill. 
The only money that's been allocated is this first lot, this first group that's going to our uh, essential workers and the elderly, mostly in nursing homes. Okay. Past that, we do not have any, um, any government funds, any federal funds earmarked for vaccine distribution. So how are we going to get the rest of the 300 million Americans vaccinated if we don't have money to fucking distribute it? Right, right. And I was happy this morning. I watched um, on the news this morning. uh, They were talking to the chief operations officer for Walgreens. You know, these these brands like the Walgreens and CVS and, you know, they've got thousands of locations. They've got the people to, to make it happen. But like Luke said, Walgreens isn't going to pay to ship to their to all their locations and to distribute the right. vaccine. And, That's you know, right. but they're ready. Walmart's ready. Target's ready. I mean, these brick and mortar locations, Everyone's they've got thousands. You bet. But they're not going to mm-hmm. pay for the storage and the shipping and the distribution and that's where, you know, this bill needs to pass and it needs to happen now, especially now that they just announced Moderna this morning. Right, Luke? That's right. Sorry about that. I thought I had that baby turned off. Anyway, yes, <laughs> big news out the gate. First thing this morning, Moderna, green light. We've got a second vaccine, and that means that we may be able to get to that second cohort of people uh, who will get the vaccine that is still group one group one b i believe is uh again elderly now the elderly who do not live in uh uh, assisted living facilities right um and uh mainly and the reason why i'm so pumped for it because my parents unfortunately have some uh, pre-existing conditions and squarely fall within this cohort so basically your uh, 65 and up crowd that have pre-existing conditions think heart disease cancer uh, diabetes etc so gotcha. uh, you know that that's who's coming next and then we get to the and then also very important we get to the the biggest hunk of this uh, chunk hunk whatever of this group one and that is frontline workers and so that is your 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 non excuse me your non-medical frontline workers so that's your police your firemen your teachers your janitors your you know anybody who is out there working with the public um you know hell i don't care if it's the 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 young woman sacking my groceries at ralph's you know like the people who because of what they do for a living they can't just sit at home and work from home as as we're so fortunate to do they have to be out there in the public um all day every day and that getting that chunk of people um inoculated is going to be uh monumental that's when we could really start to see a serious downward turn in cases um, and more importantly, a downward turn in deaths. And I wanna, I wanna share something that was on. I, I got to re- watch it live uh, when Dr. Barbara Ferrer, who is the director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health, every single day since COVID has started is on the air giving the COVID update for Los Angeles County, giving us the newest on what's open, what's not open, but most importantly, giving the update on numbers. And she has been a rock. This woman is, is an absolute superstar in her, in her field. And she has been an absolute rock 
just cool as a cucumber, delivering the information to the public that uh, they need to get. And then this happened. Let me uh, do this here. Make sure that I am sharing my computer sound. There we go. <laughs> there we go. And share. <laughs> it's a learning curve over here, folks. It's a learning curve. There we go. All right. Here we go. Out front tonight, sounding the alarm. From coast to coast, the nation's doctors holding back tears as they warn Americans that the worst is ahead. The health director. Bobby, you getting that? Yep. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. So this is a clip uh, from Aaron Burnett uh, up front from CNN. Uh, and we're going to get into the clip of Dr. Ferrer talking now. Of LA County, which has seen its hospitalization rate and fatalities triple over the past month and just had deaths top 8,000 in the county, spoke about the toll from the alarming spike. The more terrible truth is that over 8,000 people Sorry, oh, over 8,000 people who were beloved members of their families are not coming back and their deaths are an incalculable loss to their friends and their family, as well as our community. I mean, I, I, I'm covered in goosebumps right now. I am, I, I am just, th this woman is, I mean, she has devoted her entire life to the safety uh, of others and for her to, to break like that just shows you the, the monumental toll this is taking on everyone involved. Now, yesterday I had the unfortunate task of needing to um, check on a client who had a really bad accident and wound up having to go to the emergency room. And the closest emergency room was Cedar sinai uh, That's the giant uh, uh, medical facility right in the heart of Los Angeles. It's also been on national news uh, because of the, um, you know, they, they ran out of space essentially. You know, and this is a huge facility folks. Uh, but they have the uh, basically the army medvac tents out in the parking lot set up uh, to deal with the uptick. And so I, I, I had to go to the emergency room uh, to make sure this client was going to be okay. He is, thank God. Uh, so it was non-COVID related, but I was there. You know, I was there and I saw it and it was just ambulance after ambulance, car after car of just people coming in looking like, they were near death and the, the um, you know, the non-COVID, uh, non-life-threatening uh, cases were basically just in the lot, spilling out of the lobby. Um, you know, it, it just, it, I, I'm having a hard time bringing it, keeping myself together because it really, I mean, it really, seeing it live and in person like that and seeing the, the healthcare workers just hustling their asses off to try to get to everybody, you know, not just the COVID cases, but everybody else who has any, any 
health situation, right? right? You know, my client hurt his back and that was a major, major injury. And he had to go to the hospital. Things like that still happen. But these, these ERs are so overran right now with COVID patients that it's, it's, it's taking just, it's taking an incredible amount of time for people to get the help that they receive. And it's, it's comes to essentially they have to meter care, which means that they have to judge, you know, it's not that you're going to get care, but it's how much care are you going to get and how quickly are you going to get that care? And um, just, it's, it's, it's to know that this is happening right now, you know, this is happening because of the Thanksgiving surge, right? We're, we're, We're in it now the dark winter that every single health professional has been warning us against is here. And now we're staring Christmas right down the barrel of that gun. Yes. And Luke, and all these, you know, there's so many hospitals that are over capacity. They're turning parking lots. They're converting parking garages into COVID COVID areas. And then, you know, we've got millions of people while people are getting hospitalized, while people are dying. We've got millions of Trump supporters that are, are not wearing masks, that deny yeah. that COVID is even yeah. a thing. And I mean, how much more pain do, do, do these first line workers and, you know, the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of doctors and medical workers have to go through until it sinks in? That even with vaccines on the way, we've got months of, of carnage. We've got months of hospitalizations. People are oh, going to yeah. get bumped for, you know, basic surgeries because there is no capacity. Right. And, you know, how much more carnage needs to happen before, you know, people truly understand that COVID is happening. And regardless of what the president says, people are dying over 3000 a day now. Yeah. Uh, we have had what <clears throat> I, I don't have the, the top, top 10 right in front of me right now, but I believe out of the top 10, six or seven of the most deadliest days in American history have j- just just occurred in the past week or two. Right. Um, and we are now officially, I wanted to make sure this at 302, 302,000. COVID deaths. Yeah. And, you know, and remember the week or two before Easter, Trump was stating how he wants everything open, schools open, churches open. Yes. Well, this was going away. We were bending, you know, we were around the corner of, of COVID. Big, beautiful reopening for Easter. Fucking disappearing. (laughs) And here we are over 300,000 deaths later, and it's just getting worse. Yeah, 1.62 million. Thanksgiving, then we got Christmas and and, and New Year's coming up. January is going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, it's uh, 1.62 million deaths worldwide, 302,000. We've had 1,678 deaths today alone. Um, I mean, and, and even with Moderna getting the temporary approval, it's going to be at least April before we get to that last 
and biggest cohort for vaccines, which is us, the, the right. general population. Okay. Um, and that even then, uh, this vaccine is only approved for those 16 and over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, uh, there is a significant uh, cohort of Americans that cannot take the vaccines because they are either immunocompromised or have some other, uh, like they maybe uh, have cancer and are going through cancer treatment at the time. For some reason, for whatever reason, they, they have severe allergic reactions to vaccines and they cannot get vaccinated. And so, you know, right now it's, it's, continue to stay at home as much as possible, only go out for the essentials. Gosh, it's one Christmas, guys. Let's get through it. You know, it's it's one New Year's Eve. Let's get through it. Um, and then the battle over winning the hearts and minds of all Americans to actually get the vaccine. So, okay, April-ish, we'll have the vaccine available. There is a significant number of Americans. It's far fewer now than it was originally, but a significant number of Americans who are still saying that under no circumstances will they get the vaccine. And I heard something really interesting about this on, can you guess? The Daily with Michael Bavaro. (laughs) (laughs) During the smallpox epidemic of the early 1900s, There were a dozen states, I believe, um, right around there that actually mandated the COVID, uh, excuse me, the COVID, the smallpox vaccination. Because remember, guys, this, there will not be a national policy around this. This is going to come down to states. This is going to come down to municipalities. Um, Eventually, it will come down to school districts. They are, uh, I believe they are now testing. Uh, Moderna is testing on children aged 12 to 16. So we'll, we'll get there. Right. But anyway, there was a case, there was a test case uh, back in the early 1900s where basically a person in Massachusetts said, Nope, you can't tell me uh, that you, I have to vaccinate uh, myself because it's my, uh, my health, my decision. That case went all the way to the Supreme court and that gentleman lost his case because the Supreme Court ruled that if it is a law that has been placed for the betterment of the public good, right. you do not get to opt out of it. Right. You have to do it. It is no different than uh, municipalities saying you can't go uh, into the middle of the street and just start shooting your gun up into the air because who knows where those bullets will land. Right. Right. Same rule applies. That is a public nuisance that would that could cause greater harm to the public. Therefore, you can't do it. Same thing goes for vaccination. Just because you don't want to vaccinate and just because you don't want to get that shot in your arm, that means that you could now be spreading it on to somebody who can't. It's a very similar argument as to why school districts are now able to mandate vaccinations for things like measles and mumps because there are children who cannot be vaccinated for that. And it is not your right as a parent to put your, that other child in harm's way because you don't wanna vaccinate your child. So if you wanna enroll your kid in public schools here in Los Angeles, you have to vaccinate your children. And it, the same public health risk 
applies to the COVID shot. And I believe we will see municipalities uh, probably tiptoe to the line of mandates. I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. I, I, I just hope and pray that enough Americans willingly go and take it um, because it's the only way that we're going to see a, a stop to this. Well, you said it best, Bobby, this bloodbath that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, look, I'm I'm really as as much damage, uh, carnage, loss of life, uh, the you know financial aspect, how much this has cost, um, you know the fifty states that you know there hasn't been more municipalities or even states coming out, uh, tiptoeing to that line of mandating um, this. So I guess we'll see what those initial numbers are of people actually getting the vaccine versus, you know, population. And, uh, you know, but I just, I'm really surprised that, especially in, in states that have had the highest cases, the highest, you know, death toll, um, that there isn't more discussion on this. But, you know, and maybe internally they are, they just haven't publicly come out with it yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the map right now of cases in the last 14 days, and I'm seeing a lot of red states with really big blue dots on them, meaning that they have had a significantly high number of 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 cases. Um, sure, California and New York still have the biggest dots, but you know there's Florida, there's Ohio, uh, really the entire upper, uh, you know. Um, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, down into Tennessee, North Carolina. These dot, they're just getting bigger and bigger. The cases keep rising. And um, yeah, I'm I'm terrified of what January will bring as uh, I get it. People want to gather. They want to they see grandma. But do you want to see grandma next year too? Right. You know, like, that's let's let's really really think about it because when you have public health officials as tenured and um as dedicated as dr ferrer um reacting that way on on public television you know th this is serious you know the time to call this a hoax and say we're you know, right. Like you said, we'll, we'll be open in no time, a big, beautiful opening by Easter. Well, maybe we'll have a big, beautiful reopening by Easter 2021. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So please everyone, you know, if you're weighing out your decisions of your, uh, of your holiday travel, just, just think twice, you know, and then if you still are thinking about it, think about it a third time. Yeah, and mask up, please mask as much up. as possible. Oh my gosh! Wash yes. your hands. Yeah, common I've, sense. I've, yeah, I've become even more mindful of it, like at the grocery store and whatnot, when I have to venture out for food, and also because, as I was talking about earlier in this podcast, because of my job, I do uh, go out into the public a not insignificant amount of time, and I am so careful always masked up in every single situation to the point that, you know, I've had, you know, clients that I've worked with for some time now try to act like, you know, you don't, you don't need to put, you don't have to wear a mask. Right. And like, yes, I do. Right. Yes, 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 I do. And you do too while I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> yes.
Well, do you want a high note? Can we have Absolutely. some happy news, Bobby? All yes, right. We need some All good. Right. We need some something good. Well, some good news preceded by some asinine information. Okay. okay. So I'll take it. <laughs> as a gay man, for the longest time, I was just flat out forbidden from donating blood. Uh, now the CDC, our American Red Cross recommendation is that as long as I have had no sexual contact uh, with another man in the past three months, never mind the fact that I've 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 been in a monogamous relationship with the same man for 17 years now, uh, that is still the current American Red Cross guideline that if I have had any kind of sex period in the past three months because I am gay, I cannot give blood. That is the state of play in the United States. Wow. Well, it also used to be the state of play in the UK. Well, on December 14th, Britain has announced changes that will allow more gay and bisexual men to donate blood. They will now, uh, instead of flat out asking about sexual orientation, they will just ask about sexual encounters with someone that you are not in a monogamous relationship over the past three months. And so basically, if you are a gay man in a monogamous relationship, you will be able to start donating blood, even if you have, heaven forbid, had sexual contact with your significant other or husband. So why... Why 90 days, right? So if you're able to give blood on the 91st day, yeah, what's the difference between 91 and 31? Or so one? we've we've traveled a long journey on this, uh, mostly, well, not mostly, almost entirely because of the HIV/AIDS epidemic uh, that was for so long miscast as the gay disease. Uh, gay men were not allowed to donate blood full stop. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, then in, I have to get the exact numbers on this, but relatively recently, that amount of time shrank down to six months with no sexual contact. Then more recently, they changed it to three months. No sexual contact contact why that's the magical number you no idea no idea but uh that that is the that is still the state of play in the united states i tip my hat to our friends across the pond who are changing that especially in this day and age of need uh, we need all of the safe blood donors that we can get and um I hope that the American Red Cross will take a little guidance from the UK on this one, and we will see a change to that here in the United States soon enough. Very nice. Very nice. It, uh, you know, I, I still don't, you know, the whole 90 day wait time. Uh, okay. I, I, I will, uh, I will, I will look it's into progress. it. <laughs> it's progress. It's progress. And I guess we'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Bobby, thanks uh, for this great conversation today. There's a lot going on in the world. Oh, yeah, Bill Barr resigned. I mean, you know, right, right. You know, 
there, there's that whole thing. You know, was it because he knew he was going to get fired for admitting and telling the general public the truth that there was no voter fraud? He kind of left on what he could control, which was his own terms. Or do you think there's more I think to so. it? No, I think that's it. I, yeah. I think that he wanted to leave on his own terms. He may have a feeling of things that Trump may be looking to try over the next 36 days and doesn't want anything to do with it. Right. Um, there's also the question of who Trump might pardon in the in the coming days, including the still on the table. Will he pull the trigger on the self pardon? So maybe Bill Barr said, even after the horrible things I've done, right. I want to walk away with some semblance of my self-respect, right. whatever the man has left. I don't know. Well, he's got a center compass and, you know, enough was enough for him. But, you know, the damage over the summer with the Black Lives Matter movements and everything oh, yes. else, it's the damage has been done. Uh, he'll go down was one of the worst. Uh, AGs probably one of the most insidious. In That's that that is for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. killing the Mueller report before it even came out fully. I mean, the the, the list, the litany of shit that this man has done to this country, uh, and then just the just the flat out politicization of the the Justice Department. You know, uh, the next AG has a, a, a lot of work to do. Well, and from what I understand, Luke, that all this, the damage they did at the USPS this summer and fall with taking out all those sorting machines, mm -hmm. they have not been putting them back in place. Correct. They're still Correct. sitting in storage or sitting yeah, outside it's, buildings. It's, it's, it's got, from the Justice Department to the USPS to the Foreign Services Corps, uh, the the just absolute destruction that Trump has laid bare to our American government is something that's going to take far more than four years to fix. Right. So, right. You know, we, 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 we need some momentum here because we got a lot to repair. Lots to repair. We want to thank our fans uh, across the six continents. I want to thank my co-host and co-creator Luke. And you. again, I want to thank my wife. She's put up with me for over 25 years now. We got 25 more to go. And um, I'm, I'm excited about the future ahead. I'm excited Absolutely. to see what our kids end up doing and becoming um, here over the next 10 years or so. So I'm, you know, I'm excited about our future together. So. Let's just get through these next few months. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you stop know? killing each other. Wear a mask, socially yep. distance, and we'll get through this. Absolutely. And thank you to the Stutzman group as always for being such dynamite supporters. And I also would like to thank our listeners. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real treat to do this. Uh, and thank you, Bobby, uh, Bobby Stutzman for uh, bringing me into this. It's a, it's a real treat. Global Headline. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. But if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at Unfiltered-with-Bobby-and-Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at BobbyandLuke.com. This is Unfiltered, signing off.